Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guest is Yuval Adler, who is an award-winning director. And we're going to talk about a really interesting movie called Sympathy for the Devil, starring Nicolas Cage and Joel Kinnaman. And welcome to the show, Yuval. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're, oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, this is a, another ride, <laughs> another mm-hmm. interesting film. Oh my God, Nick Cage. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, but oh my goodness. Very interesting film. And you know, I, you never, you never know what you're going to get with Nick Cage. Let's put it that way. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, he is really, really, scary and evil in this movie uh he really truly is but it's got quite the twist at the end which we will not reveal at all uh, and also funny and very funny there's humor in this very funny yes yeah, there's a lot in this movie for sure so uh, so our audience knows what sympathy uh for the devil is all about would you give a brief synopsis uh, it's about um, a character, it's about a guy uh, just named the driver, Joel's character, who's about, who's going somewhere to, who's going to, um, uh, to the hospital. His wife is giving birth. It's a big moment in his life. And suddenly this other guy, only named Passenger, Nick, is uh, getting into his car with a gun and says, drive. You know, um, and takes him and forces him to go on a ride, uh, on a on a on a ride for the whole night in Vegas, in at the outskirts of Vegas, um, pretty claiming to know him and to have kind of an unsettled account with him, and you know, and and it starts a certain way, and then slowly, they, and it's kind of it's it's almost the two guys, the whole film, you know, the just the the, the two of them. And it slowly progresses and things deepen and things are revealed. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a one night deal. It all happens in like one night and, uh, all around, in and around the car. Um, uh, all taking place in Vegas, uh, in the places that we, we shot it where it should happen, like logically, if they would take this right. So it's a film, you know, for me, it's about, um, yeah, um, it's like, I don't know, Nick is like this demonic, you know, not literally, but, but there's this demonic presence that kind of we all have inside us and he kind of comes out and you have to confront it somehow. And then, um, and there's something he's like the Joker also, a lot of he's having fun. There's a lot of dark, violent sense of humor. And um, it's a joyride, you know. It's a ride. <laughs> it's a ride. Yeah. For sure. Li- literally yeah. and figuratively, it is yeah. a roller coaster ride. Uh, in, well, I'm going to just start with this because you're still a relatively new filmmaker. Uh, right. So, how did you attract Nick Cage to this project? Um, the genesis of this project is interesting. It's actually a script that I read many years ago and it wasn't made and I bought the rights to it and I brought it and my, me and my manager, Stuart Manashil, we brought it to a producer named Alex Lebovici 
who love the film immediately. And, you know, these things can happen many, many years. I mean, things are in development hell. I mean, it could take many, many years for something to happen. And here in this situation, what happened was that I, I made a film with Joel in 2019 called The Secrets We Keep. So I knew Joel. And I liked Joel, and we wanted to look for something to work together. And then Joel's agent was telling um, my producer, like uh, uh, Alex he was saying, you know, Joel is available in August. You know, this was like May or something, like insane. Like he's available in three months, right? Um, you want, um, um, what do you have? You have something that, you know, whatever. He said, yeah, I have this script from Yuval. Ah, Yuval and Joel work. Let me read yeah, Joel wants to do it, but it's, it has to be in August, okay? In July, August, which is actually a good thing in film because otherwise, why would you pull the trigger? It's like, oh, let's wait, whatever. No, it has to be now, right? So so the, Joel uh, was in first. And then um, and then they thought, I mean, and the same guy who is uh, uh, Joel's agent is also Nick's agent. And, and he told us that Nick is available. Why not go for Nick, for passenger? We're like, great, amazing, whatever. And, you know, it, it sounds easy. It wasn't easy. It was like two months of like, in, you know, insanity about where to shoot it and how to budget, how to fa- pay for it and all this stuff. But it happened in like, um, like in April of last year or May, even beginning. Of, I didn't even know that this film is any remotely going to be done in the next day. And suddenly we shot, started shooting July, mid of July. We didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but it, it just happened. Like, you know, it doesn't happen like that. It's like so fast. No. Also, there was a lot of technological issues to figure out because how to do the drives. A lot of the, the film was kind of technologically kind of a, a challenge. We had to learn a lot of things and prep, you know, you know. So it was a, an amazing experience. That is amazing. Just the story about how it got made is amazing because you're it's right. Crazy. It doesn't yeah. happen. That is totally crazy. Yeah. yeah. It does. It takes years and years to have things, you know, develop and that put like months together. Yeah. In, in a couple of months. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's just because of the phone call between the agent and the producer. It says, "Hey, what do you, what do you have? Joel is available." That's that's that call, you know. And this film happens. <laughs> Unbelievable! And then you get Nick Cage. <laughs> and then you get Nick Cage. Oh my God! Really? You know? Seriously? Wow. So I do want to ask you, what was? A, yeah. a, I mean, first of all, whose idea was it to have Nick? With that, I don't that red hair. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's a character. And that was his. Itself. That was his idea. He suddenly came up. It was like, it's you know, he suddenly came. You know, the the thing again. I don't want to give it too much of the film, but the thing is, like, this character is kind of, he's kind of like a, his character. And the his character, the passenger, is kind of like an archetype of this somebody from the past, you know, the past hunting you or, you know what I mean? It's kind of an embodiment of an archetype. So you can do it many ways, right? And the script wasn't very specific about how to do it. And he came up with this thing. He said, I'm in Vegas. I'm like, for me, it's a night. And again, I don't, I can, if you know, I don't want to give too much, but like, I want that night to be special for this character. And I'm going to dress up and I'm going to, you know, come out like in a big way. Uh, almost like an entertainer, you know, or something, you know, even though it, nothing can be further from the truth. And then he, and he, and he suddenly just, you know, those weeks and weeks before that, that he would come up with ideas and send me stuff and whatever. And like, he came up with this uh, red hair and red jacket. And it was like, whoa, initially it was like, it took a minute to understand what's going on and to see the whole film like this, because we had a different conception and then kind of be changed. Uh, but, 
I think it was, it's a fantastic, it was, his look in the film is very, distinct, very unique, very distinct, very, you know, there's this thing that, what, what was it? He was quoting it, I think, that the craziest, the crazier, the worse or the crazier Nick Cage's hair is, the better the movie. And you can see it. You can put a chart of like how weird the hair and how good the movie and it's kind of, you know, there's a correlation. So it's like, uh, so it's like he, he himself, I think, quoted this, you know, so I think when he likes the film, he wants to do something with his hair. There's kind of an unconscious or conscious thing that he's just like, um, but I, I've never worked with somebody who's so fanatic. He's a, you know, he's a fanatic, this guy, like five, six weeks before the production. That's all he does. He's just like, he's on the script all the time. He's sending you ideas. He's sending you stuff. He's like, you know what I mean? He's totally committed a hundred percent, you know, that's, um, it's, it's startling. And, uh, and it's a joy because you want, you know, it's like this thing that constantly you get a, you know, a flood of ideas and thoughts and, you know what I mean? The, you know what I mean? As opposed to just like you trying to chase somebody to do something, it's the opposite. Right. You know, it's like That's a volcano. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it's like a volcano. It's like he always has these things, you know, ideas, whatever. But he's, the commitment is really, um, um, very, very impressive. That's why he's Nick Cage. That's exactly. Exactly. He's so good in everything he does. Even exactly. if the movie isn't good. Exactly. It's good. There's always something. Yeah. But this yeah. movie's good and he's good in it. So let me just. There you go. That. We got the, the lucky combination. Yes, here. you did. You did. Uh, because yeah. I wanted to ask you what, I mean, I, there were, at one point I was just like, did you just point the camera at him and just let him go do what he wanted to go do? I mean, how do you direct Nick Cage? <laughs> I mean, sometimes the way, I mean, first of all, it's, it's, it's both me and Joel because Joel was kind of always the guy who he did it too. And Joel was always very a strong, silent present, especially in the beginning. It kind of changed, but in the beginning, he's like this that Nick can play awful. You know, right. so Joel's presence there was key. And he, there were always, it was never a situation where Nick does something alone when Joel is not there. Joel is there. There's two cameras. They're acting together. They're always together. Right. Um, with Nick, it's, it's, for me, it was a bit, and it took me a moment to understand it, but like for me, it's a, it's a, um, it's just what you respond to. Like, you know, he does stuff. You don't say cut after it. Like you start letting him go. Sometimes he starts, you see that in a mood, he's in a mood to start, you know, improvising and doing stuff. And I'm, as director, one of the things that you are, you're the, their first audience. You're their audience. You know, you're the one that, you know, so you sit there by the monitor and he goes on and he does da 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 da. And I sit and I start laughing like this and he looks at me. He's like, yeah, it's good. Huh? Go, go, you know what I mean? And I kind of laugh and I egg him on and he just like goes and goes and goes and goes. And then, and again, a lot of it also happens in the editing because he does so much stuff. Like you can make five different movies. You can make it much more straight. You can make it to the over the top, like times 10. You can do a million things. So there's, he gives, he, you know, for me, what happened was I, we got into this sync uh, uh, on the character and especially on the dark sense of humor of the, this film and the tone, you know. And he would start doing stuff that would just crack me up. Like I would just laugh behind the monitor. Like everybody's working and I'm like in the monitor. I'm like, and he kind of would see it, you know, and he was like, you know, and that was, you know, it was like, and it was like constantly 
giving him the space to try stuff, to do different things, and then to have all these options in the editing. And then, you know, because he says to you, he says, like, sometimes I go over the top, you need to protect me from, you know, and, and if he trusts you to protect him, that if he does sometimes that it's too much, he, he trusts that you're not going to put in the film. So he can actually go. So he did like, if you have, you see the text, it's amazing. He does this and he does this and he does something completely different. And then he does this, you know, starts talking like, you know, Edward G. Robinson from, you know, it's like, <laughs> it comes out of you like, what? <laughs> and I see sometimes people on the set, everybody's just looking like, what? <laughs> but in this awe, like, what the fuck is this? You know, sorry. I don't know. If you That's know. Right. <laughs> anyway, so that, that was the, you know, it took, it took us a moment to get to this point because there's this, a lot of tension before you start shooting. But the minute we started shooting and he started doing that stuff and 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 I started to enjoy also his the his performance and we bonded on this dark sense of humor suddenly it all clicked and then um yeah so it was a great experience for him oh I can imagine I can't I yeah. can really imagine now so let's talk about I mean he, yeah he he I, there are times you're exactly right when he just kind of went and it was just, you know, it was, it was perfect for his character to kind of go. Yeah. I mean, just this, you, this man who obviously psychologically has gone over the edge, you know? Exactly. Yes. Uh, and that's what he's portraying. And, and none of us would know, again, we don't want to give anything away here, would know how we would respond. Yeah. What happened to him. Yes. And obviously it just, you know, took yes. him- Somewhere else, and it yes. and it, it took a long time for him to get to this point in in this movie. And then we have John yeah. Kinnaman, as you write your who is the perfect uh, counterpart, yes, to Nick's performance yes. and to Nick's character in this film. So let's talk about Joel because, as you said, you worked with him before. Yes. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about him and probably with Joel because I, I worked with him on Secrets We Keep, which is a film we shot like in 2019 with him, with Joel Numera Pace. It was a film that they were, they brought me in, but they were kind of, uh, it was their project. They kind of developed it for a while. And then um, uh, Chris Messina and Amy Simons. And of all these people, I got along with Joel in the beginning the least. Like we would fight in the beginning and I was like, why am I fighting with this guy? You know what I mean? And he was like, you know, in the beginning of Secrets of Hip. And then suddenly at the end, we became friends and like we were like happy with the perform with the thing and we started thinking about which is weird, you know. That is the if you told in the beginning of Secrets of Hip, that's the guy you're gonna make another film is people will be like, huh? Really? And uh so it became like a really good working relationship and we were looking for stuff to do and whatever. And then this film happened. Joel has this kind of I really like that he has this, um, you know, this, this, um, very, he's, he's very good at very subtle, precise, um, um, uh, uh, you know, performance that holds the screen without him almost needing to do anything. Like he somehow you put a camera on him. The guy holds the screen and it's, um, and it's, it makes it seem like the easiest thing in the world. And it's actually the hardest thing in the world. You know, uh, he doesn't need to move a lot. He doesn't need to whatever. He, when he needs to do dramatic stuff, he does dramatic stuff. He does his great. But for this film, which a lot of it is him kind of just initially being us looking at, you know, Nick, who, uh, you know, 
I'm connected to something you said before. It was like Nick is kind of, we always talked about it, like a guy who came from another realm. He's, he's from another realm, you know, and Joel is this, you know, guy, like a regular guy, you know, we always laugh that he looks like a substitute teacher initially, you know, like some guy, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, I didn't want him to look like, you know, a tough guy from the suicide squad. Suicide squad. I wanted him to look like, you know, and he, and he just transformed into this guy, you know. And I really like that about Joel in general. I liked it for this film. And then when in this film, his performance becomes big, it's big. And then it comes out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? You know? Um, so, yeah, Joel, I like, I really, uh, I really enjoy working, you know. I, uh, I enjoy working with him now, especially because it was the second time. With Nick, it was the first time. So it was like, it took me time to understand how to deal with this, you know, person, you know, um, but with uh, this persona is a better word. But like, uh, but uh, with Joel, it was like, it was just um, a, a joy. It's interesting that you said you didn't get along in the beginning and you hear yeah. those kinds of it's, stories about, I mean, I, in my own relationship, I didn't like this person in the beginning and then you yeah. had to, you know, falling in love in my case, but in your case, you know, really liking working with the actor and even with friends that's happened with friendships. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't really care for this person. And yeah. then there's something that happens and, and, and then you become best friends. So you, you just never know, right? You know exactly. how that's going to turn out. And that's interesting. Also in, I, I also in my life, it's like I, I did many things before I got into film. And I was actually, I was kind of a very clever and good at many things very early on, except fucking writing where I was bad. I did like, I, I was, you know, I read, you know, when I started writing, I was bad and I was unlike anything else I did that everything came, other stuff that I did came very natural to me. And now I'm a writer. Like, that's what I do. I get up in the morning and I write, which is weird. Like, that is what you're doing, you know? So it's a propose your point. It's uh, many times it's like that, right? Uh, yeah. So are you starting to write scripts now? Because you didn't write this. Oh, I'm right. No, I wrote, you know, my first, my breakthrough film, Bethlehem, I wrote. I wrote uh, uh, The Operative. I wrote uh, Secret to Keep It, and I had to rewrite. This one is the only one I didn't write. I actually, <clears throat> it was uncharacteristic for me to make this film. It's, a, it's kind of a, an anomaly that I do something I don't write. I mean, it was luck. I'm very happy I did, but like I'm just saying, it's not usually what I do. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer the writing, or the directing, or just or writing something that you're going to direct? You, you know, it's it's great to to it's, it's 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 there's something about there's something great about you know receiving a script and then just working on it a little bit with the writer um, because you have this fresh take on the material that you can't have if you're if you wrote it i mean if you wrote it it's yours especially if you i mean right now i'm writing stuff that's much more personal and it's mine like only i can write this film only i can make this film whereas um it's it feels like an expression of me whereas if i get a script yeah you make it your own you appropriate it somehow but like it's not it's not the same thing but there's a joy in saying actually the 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 fact that this thing is not me there's something good about it. Like there's something, you know, interesting to me about it. The fact that it's not all me all the way down, you know, there's another voice there, you know, and, uh, and then the actors are another voice that take it to the next level. Uh, so film anyways, is, is this thing, but um, 
it, there's something we always, I mean, I, everybody I know, it's like you always look for a script that's ready and just to shoot it because the writing is such torment. And it's like, I mean, it's great, but it's also a torment and it can take years and it can get stuck. And suddenly to get a script and say, oh, I'm just like, uh, you know, working on it with the writer and shooting, that's, that's a blessing. It's amazing. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, again, just to go back to your the beginning of this and how this film came together so yeah. quickly. I mean, that's yeah. just literally unheard of. How many days did it take to shoot it once you started? Twenty. Also, fastest film I ever shot. Wow. Um, and because, you, sh- yeah. you shot it in the desert of. Uh, yeah, Africa. because we shot it in nights in Vegas, and we shot it in an LED volume stage um, in Vegas. Uh, and it was, and the film has just like, you know, it, it has like three main setups. One is in the car, which is about a third of the film, a little more, but close to a third. Then one third, um, outside, when they're outside the car and shit happens outside the car. And then one third in the diner and outside the diner. So. It was like, so in terms of location, there's, there's the car, there's exterior night Vegas, and there's this diner, which we built. I mean, we, we found a place that kind of had some diner-ish element, but we, you know, I had a production designer on this film, great guy, Burns Burns, and he, um, and, and he, he could focus on that set. It was like one, like, a lot of films you need like 10,000 set, like here there was one big set. We could focus on that and he did a great job. And then uh, my DP, um, uh, Steve Holleran and I, we, and the producer, Alan Unger, we had to figure out how to do with the people at view, which is this Vegas facility with the LED uh, thing. But for us, from the film, from this, uh, um, you know, the filmmaker's perspective, how to use this LED stage and, and do these drivings in studio and make it feel spectacular. And we're all new to LED technology. Everybody is, you know, it's a new kind of thing to, you know, so we kind of had to study this very fast and then shoot in Vegas all the routes that we had to to pretend to be driving in. And, you know, so it was like a very intense, like six week pre-production. Very, very intense. The lighting, the lighting in this film is really. uh, Yeah, right. Yeah, excellent. The lighting. I mean, the different ways that you shot this, the different, um, who, who is your lighting director? Because there's so many interesting things with the lighting in this film that I, you know, noticed, uh, you know, it just comes at you, obviously, but, um, who, who was your lighting director? Sorry, everyone, due to technical difficulties today. Unfortunately, we're unable to finish my uh, interview with Yuval Adler about Sympathy for the Devil. But the film premieres in theaters on April 28th. It is a wonderful summer movie to go see. It is a ride. And if you're a Nick Cage fan, I highly recommend that you go see Sympathy for the Devil in Theaters. Thank you all for listening. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.